Good morning. Christ is risen. Uh, I don't know about you, but I was quite surprised about how sudden the mask mandate was lifted. Um, and of course, I'm excited because nobody likes to get a hair in their mask um, less than me, I guess. Um, but I have to say, I have five, five big concerns about the f- mask mandate being lifted, and I'd like to share them with you. The, number one, of course, is that for the past year, I haven't had to worry at all about coffee breath. Um, I um, haven't bought mints probably since January of last year. And um, so in, in, in addition to this, I mean, just bad breath in general, I haven't had to worry about for lunch. I could eat every day onions, garlic, and uh, tuna fish, and then go out and visit all the elderly. And they didn't even know. <laughs> so... Um, Anyways, that's my first one. The second, the second um, concern I have with this mask mandate being lifted is that uh, I, don't, I now have to worry if I get spinach in my teeth, uh, once again from the tuna sandwich, I guess. But I could go a whole day and then just at the end of the day be brushing my teeth and discover it for the first time. That was uh, you know, the good, good old days, I guess. Um, <laughs> The third, the third is uh, I'm certain I'm more photogenic uh, with a mask on than with a mask off. Um, Father Lou agrees. <laughs> uh, fourth is uh, I don't know how I'm going to relearn how to cover my mouth when I yawn. I mean, several of you have already started yawning since I started talking. Um, <laughs> but... Um, that we used to, remember, we used to be able to yawn in a long business meeting and, uh, you know, a long meeting of some sort, and we could yawn without discretion. Uh, now we're going to have to learn some manners, I guess. And number five, this is going to sound really strange, but I'm sure this is true. Uh, I'm willing to bet on this. Um, some people are going to be scandalized to see the bottom half of your face. Um, <laughs> they may be thinking, you know, man... Cover yourself up. <laughs> um, we're in a church, for crying out loud. Put a mask back on. <laughs> so, anyhow, well, moving away from the masks, this is a good sign that we're getting back to something normal. But since uh, what is normal is something I know very little about, we'll move on to the gospel. <laughs> Today uh, begins the week of the myrrh-bearing women. Um, it's not just this Sunday, but it's this whole week. Just as St. Thomas was not just Sunday, but the whole week of St. Thomas. And we're not really celebrating St. Thomas or even really the Myrbarian women. We're celebrating aspects of the resurrection that were revealed through these people. And so um, what we celebrated last week was that Christ's physical body was raised up, that it had flesh and it had bones, it could be touched, but it could do things that were unlike our body, and it could walk through locked doors. Um, it, it could disappear and vanish, yet he eats fish, right? So there's a couple things about this resurrected body uh, that I think we can learn as we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. So this week, we celebrate the empty tomb, but we also celebrate that Christ's physical body had never tasted corruption that his body was immaculate. That's what all of the hymns say, 
is that his body never deteriorated or saw decay. And so in his resurrected body, he, unlike us, uh, never saw decay. We, uh, unfortunately, will go both through death and decay. But uh, Christ, and this is what we're celebrating today, is he never did. So in the gospel reading today, uh, as you had heard, unlike us in the second liturgy, us in the second liturgy, you know, people, uh, they woke up really early in the morning and they went to the tomb uh, to anoint the body of Jesus. Now, why would they do this? Uh, Why would they anoint the body of Christ, a man who's been dead for now three days? If, if you uh, remember uh, anything from the story of Lazarus, we know that after a couple days, the body begins to stinketh. And uh, the thing is, this wasn't the case for Christ. So there are ointments that were to be brought to cover the stench of a body that has begun to decay, but this was not the case for Christ. In all of our hymns tell us that there was no sign of corruption in his body in those three days. So today we celebrate the empty tomb, and uh, we also celebrate that death, corruption, and decay will no longer be victorious. Corruption will not reign over our mortal bodies. The resurrection will restore us, and this is the good news. But I want to point out something fascinating, at least to myself, that I really feel needs a lot more meditation and thought upon, but I'll share with you what I've, what I've begun to think, at least, uh, this, this past week. And um, the thing is that Christ's resurrected body had the marks in his hands, in his feet, and in his side of this earthly life, of his own death. It was not something that was forgotten. It's not a new body. It was the body that he physically endured on the cross. And so... Um, And the reason seems to be, at least as I was thinking about this, is that Christ bears these marks, these wounds, in a a way as a badge of honor. That this which marked his death, he is now victorious over. So the very thing that brought death has become a symbol of the resurrection, just like the cross. The very symbol of what brought death now brings resurrection. And that's the case in Christ's uh, physical body. Uh, In Revelation, it says that Jesus appears as a lamb that has been slain. And what does a lamb that has been slain look like, except for death, but yet he lives? That's the mystery that we're celebrating in the resurrection. And there's another thing, too, in Revelation. Uh, Not that I'm promoting this too much. It was just the first... uh, Uh, instance that came to my mind, there's souls under the altar. And it says the souls of those who had been slain for the gospel. And what can a soul, how can it look like it was, how would they know that he was slain unless they bore the marks of their um, earthly life in the life to come? So I want to say, I'm pointing these out because in the resurrection, our own hope, we will also bear the marks that we endure in this life. Uh, According to Paul, we're going to be judged for the things we do in the body, good or bad. So we're going to bear marks on our body one way or another. Um, But also, I want to point out 
that we will bear the wounds that we've endured in this life, all of the wounds, emotional, spiritual, and physical, that we endure now, maybe the pain or trauma which so often shape our own life, those wounds which were meant to hurt or to kill or to belittle will become signs of victory. Those very things that we will finally find healing will become marks of the resurrection in our own life. God will bring life. God will bring resurrection to the death that is in our life. So the death in our lives will not reign. Christ will resurrect us to newness of life. So we struggle now to make this resurrection a reality now. It might only begin to find healing in this life, but in the life to come, we will find full healing and those very wounds will be signs of God's grace and his miraculous works within each one of us. And so with that said, we should feel no shame for having wounds because there is no one who goes through this life who will not bear wounds. Even God himself went through this life and bore wounds. So let us struggle now. And as St. Paul says, let us bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. For that's truly what Christ had done was he bore our burdens with us. And this is the call as Christians is to bear one another's burdens and wounds. So let us show our wounds, perhaps to a priest or a therapist or a close friend, just like Christ did, right? Christ showed his wound to Thomas. Uh, I know that's not why he did it, but I think that's a beautiful illustration. The wounds that were meant to kill in the life to come will forever remind us of God's power over death, if, of course, we endure to the end. So let us make Christ's resurrection a reality in our wounded souls that we might send up all glory, honor, and worship to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.